Yogi, be very welcome to episode two of the Lights On podcast, where we discover, reflect, and unpack fundamental yoga teachings to apply in everyday life. My name is Kat, and I'm your host. I hope you enjoyed episode one, which defined yoga as a system for personal development and the ultimate liberation. We also explored um, a bit about the true purpose of the practice, uh, which is all about easing suffering through self-realization. In today's episode, we'll continue our deep dive into the purpose of yoga and talk about the four different paths that you can take to achieve it. But before we get started, I think it's important to mention that all I'm sharing here is based on my personal studies and experience, and because of that, it's of course subject to interpretation. My thoughts are my own, and through this podcast, I mostly want to encourage your personal reflection and inquiry. Also, to properly discuss the four paths of yoga, we probably need years or a lifetime. So through this episode, all I want to do is awaken your interest and invite you to do your own research um, on, this top- on this topic after this podcast. Without any further ado, let's get into today's topic, the four paths of yoga and understand which ones or which one is right for you. So as I've mentioned earlier, the four paths of yoga are essentially four different systems to achieve the same purpose, self-realization. And by the way, if you're new here and this is your first time listening, check episode one for more on this self-realization theme and the true purpose of yoga. So assuming that we're all on this journey to achieve liberation and self-realization, we have essentially four different ways to get there. Now the question is, how do you choose which path to take? Well, it very much much depends on where you are in life and also what you are naturally more drawn towards. So each path will fit our different personalities and the way our brain works. So depending on what you value as a person, one yoga path may actually be better suited to you than the others. So what are the four paths of yoga? You have karma yoga. Notice that this is pronounced karma, sort of with a closed A, and not karma, as we usually tend to hear um, often spoken in mainstream media. You also have bhakti yoga, jnana yoga, and uh, last but not least, raja yoga. Let's start with karma yoga. So karma yoga is the yoga of selfless service or selfless action. You've probably heard and used the words karma many times, but karma is simply the law of cause effect. So for a yogi pursuing self-realization through this path, the objective is to have zero, zero karma. You achieve zero karma by performing actions without any expectations of rewards in return meaning that you do your best, you act and speak from the heart without attaching any value to the outcome of your actions. And the key word for karma yogi is detachment. But I think it's important that we distinguish between indifference and detachment. Detachment is acting without identifying yourself with or attributing any worth to the product of your actions. And let me give you an example. So say you work in a corporate environment and you're putting together a proposal for a client, your sense of worth, meaning whether you're good or a bad professional, will be separate from the results of that set proposal, win it or lose it. A karma yogi will give its best and dedicate time and effort to the task without expecting praise or reward equally 
Academy Yoga will not have their sense of self affected by a negative outcome and will not suffer from frustration after if you get a bad result. It's interesting because contrary to popular belief, um, yoga is not about the physical practice and actually Karma Yoga as a path does not involve any physical practice and none whatsoever. Instead, it's a lot more about learning how to detach oneself from the product of one's actions and being of service selflessly. Because of this aspect, Karma Yoga is specially recommended for those of us who are doers and who are, and who are um, very ambitious. Now let's talk about bhakti yoga because actually these two are interconnected and I personally find it hard to fully separate one from the other. Bhakti yoga is the yoga of love and devotion and is perhaps one of the hardest for Western culture to understand and practice. Bhakti yoga yogis pursue self-realization by using emotion, all kinds of emotion, and transforming that emotion into love that is then offered to a deity or a higher self. For this reason, this path of yoga is particularly appropriate for those of us who experience emotions deeply and are highly sensitive and empathetic. Through bhakti yoga, one learns to accept and observe emotions and shift them into love, regardless of what that emotion was in the beginning. Anger, sadness, frustration, joy, doesn't matter. Also, the point here is not to suppress the emotion, but see it, see the emotion and understand it as what it is, energy in motion that can be transformed and transcended into a higher purpose or vibration. Bhakti yoga is a lot about compassion, forgiveness, and of course, devotion. Devotion, because a big part of the process of transformation or transforming emotion into love is through the channeling of this emotion and this love onto an entity that it's bigger than yourself. With this said, it's important to make here something very, very clear because bhakti yoga doesn't care about which higher entity you choose. That's up to you and it's a journey that it's deeply personal. It can be God, Shiva, Ganesha, it can also be Christ, nature, the universe, or even the highest version of yourself. A big part of becoming a bhakta, those who practice bhakti yoga, is finding this deity or this higher consciousness um, to whom you can devote yourself to. And you can understand this journey of finding your deity or your higher consciousness a bit like uh, falling in love with someone. It's something that's very personal, very unique, and that takes time. On to Chinyana yoga. Jnana yoga is the yoga of knowledge and intellect and is usually a path that people take later on after they're perhaps a little bit more established in the other ones. Jnana yoga suits those of us who value logic, reasoning and philosophy because it's all about research, reflection and the study of the sacred scriptures. So actually, if you're listening into this podcast, you're probably doing Jnana yoga right now. A Jnana yoga yogi pursues self-realization by asking questions, by self-inquiry and general inquiry, intellectual involvement, and also self-analysis. Last but not least, we have Raja Yoga. Raja Yoga is probably the one that you are most familiar with, since it's the one that we practice when we join a traditional yoga class. 
the word Khadja or Khadja Yoga can be translated into royal path and it's all about the mind, energy and psychology. So in this case, a Khadja Yogi would achieve self-realization doing what the great yoga master Patanjali describes as yoga, which is the cessation of the fluctuations of the mind. Chitta Vritti Niroda. Apologies for any mistakes in the pronunciation. Sanskrit is certainly something that I pay a lot of attention to and that I dedicate a lot of time to, but it's a work in progress and it's very much a journey. Okay, moving on. If you think about your mind as a big white ocean, through Khadja Yogi, what we want to do is go from a storm to a calm, peaceful and crystalline waters. This is very much the same intention of a traditional yoga class where the purpose is to calm your busy mind. And through controlling your mind, you eventually achieve self-realization. Another big part of Raja Yoga is also learning to separate yourself from your body and your mind and understanding yourself as someone bigger. This is essential to your journey towards self-realization because you'll finally see yourself as who you really are as the ruler who controls and is beyond body and mind. Khadja Yoga is ideal for those of us who are rational and like processes, they like methods and systems they can follow. And for many, including myself, this is your first entry point to yoga. So now with all four paths covered, which one are you leaning more towards? Is there one in particular particular that sort of called your um, attention a bit more than, than the others. Again, as mentioned, there is really not a right or wrong answer here, it's just a matter of preference and it also will very much be influenced by the circumstances of our lives and the stage of our personal development. This was a lot to cover in under 15 minutes. so. Anyway, I hope that it serves as an invitation really for you to go deeper and learn more about different paths to self-realization. Now to internalize and integrate all that you've learned today, we'll finish today's episode with a guided meditation. Let's start. So sit with your legs crossed on a yoga mat or the floor. And if sitting with your legs crossed is not possible for you, you can sit on the bed, on the sofa, with your feet on the floor. Regardless of the sitting position that you choose, make sure to lengthen your spine and sit upright. To help you along, you can visualize this thread that's passing through your back and coming out of the crown of your head. You pull on this thread, stretching your spine. Now close your eyes and gently shift your attention to your breath. Start by simply listening to it, becoming aware of it. Now slowly take charge, inhale in three and exhale in six. Repeat, focusing completely on your breath and what surrounds you and the busyness of your day falls away. Continue, inhaling in three and exhaling in six.
Your senses are turned within and your breath is a vehicle to help you connect with your true self, a being that is full of light and that is peaceful and kind. As you dive deeper and deeper within you, release control of your breath and observe it as a witness. Stay with it as you flow with the rhythm of your breath. And if you are perhaps distracted by thought, by sensation in the body or in it or a noise around you, bring yourself back as many times as you need to your breath. Observe it without interfering. Now slowly, take control of your breath again and inhale, count to three and exhale, count to six. Repeat this two more times. Inhale, count to three and exhale, count to six. One last time. We inhale, we count to three, and we exhale, we count to six. And now, in your own time, open your eyes and come back to the present moment. We finish here our guided meditation. Thank you so much for tuning in for this episode. If you have any comments or questions, I would love to hear from you. I'm on Instagram under yogaful.studio. And if we enjoy spirituality and yoga philosophy, I would also love to invite you to my monthly sharing circle that happens online on the third Monday of every month at 9 p.m. UK time. It's a space for reflection, inquiry, connection, and we usually talk about the, the topics that we cover here in this podcast. If you'd like to join the next session, um, again, follow me on Instagram and send me a message over there. I'll give you, um, I'll share the links for you to, to join. Until then, happy journey back home, love and light. Bye.